Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Come on, are there any thankful folk in the house? I only want the thankful folk to give him a praise right now. Or if he's done anything for you, just open your mouth. If you're not ashamed, I know this may seem radical. Some of y'all giving some folk around you the side eye while they acting like that. Listen, if you knew their story, you might understand their praise. One of the reasons many of us are so radical as it relates to Jesus is not the fact that everything has always been perfect. There's been some struggles, there's been some issues, there's been some hard times, but some of the most radical worshipers around you, what you gotta understand, they may be in hard times right now, but they have made up in their mind that they are going to trust God because if he's come through before, he'll come through again. I'm I'm gonna teach, but I need somebody who can say, Apostle, I've been through some tough times, but he kept me. If he hadn't kept you, one, two, three, give him some praise right now. All right, stand for the reading of God's word. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Some of my favorite people in the world, I just found out, are here the Kings from Georgia. They pastor a phenomenal church. Can we give them a great big God bless you? My nephew. My nephew and my niece are here today. Can we give them a great big God bless you? I see my folks uh, here today that I love so much. Let's give them a God bless you from Shake the Nations and Vanguard Ministries, people that we love. Jesus is in the room today. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to warn you, I could not wait to get here. I'm coming for you today. I said, I'm coming for you today. I've been with him and he's been talking to me. So you by live stream, you honor us by being with us. If you want to share this, hundreds of people can tune in if you share this on your social media. Genesis 7, 1 through 2. I'm going to read uh, several passages out of Genesis and you can just follow along on the screen. It says in Genesis 7, Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal. These animals were to provide atonement. They were there because their blood was necessary for atonement. It said, you are to bring with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and a female. Now look at chapter 8, verse 10. And he waited yet another seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. So first he had the blood in the ark. Secondly, he had the dove in the ark. 
Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. Now, Genesis 9, 22. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. There's an implication there that something really unrighteous took place. And it it would embarrass me as a gentleman to go into the details, but it was very intense. It said, but Sham and Japheth took a garment, laid it on their shoulders, and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine. That's why you better be careful. Come on, somebody. And knew what his youngest son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan. Canaan, they were the descendants of Ham. Cursed be Canaan and all his descendants. A servant of servants he shall be. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Somebody say Shem. And may Canaan, the descendants of Ham, be his servants forever. the, The name Shem simply means name. So on the ark, Noah had the blood, the dove, and the name. I wonder if there's anybody here today. The only reason you are even in the room is because when storms came, you had the blood, the dove, and the name. Oh, I don't know who's with me. When that thing tried to take you out, you had the blood, you had the Holy Spirit, the dove, and you had the name that is above every name. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the blood, the dove, and the name. Tell everybody in your zip code, I'm here because of the blood, the dove, and the name. If that's you, come on, give the Lord some praise in the room. The blood, the dove, and the name. Ah. Slip up your hands, precious. Father, would you just anoint me to preach and anoint your people to hear. Thank you for revival in this generation. Thank you for what we have survived because we have held to the blood, we have held to the dove, and we have held to the name. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Now, if you love the Lord, come on, give him an ovation of praise right now. Amen. You can be seated. When you study your Bible, especially in the Old Testament, you'll understand, precious, that it is full of types and shadows. That means that many things about the Old Testament point us to fulfillment in the New Testament. So when I was reading this passage, the Lord arrested this in my spirit. This is one of the most familiar stories In all of the Bible, even those who don't have any biblical training are usually familiar with the story of Noah and the ark. And in this time of Noah, the world had grown so dark and so perverse that the word of the Lord says something very 
intense. The world had gone so wrong. The world had gotten so jaded that the Bible says in Genesis 6, 6, God was sorry that he had created man. And it said it grieved his heart. I'm, I worry for this generation because we've failed to understand on a large part that sin and iniquity still grieve the heart of God. I fear for this generation and even the church because now we've come to a place where often we wink at what God weeps over. I didn't expect you to shout there, but it's still the truth. So often now, sin is a joke and we laugh at what God laments over. But I believe that God is calling us now to be an example before the world. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 6, 6, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. That sounds like finality, doesn't it? That sounds like the end, it's over, all hope is lost. But thank God that wasn't the case because no matter how lost humanity has ever found itself, God has never run out of grace. No matter how messed up humanity has gotten, God has never run out of grace. I, I love the eighth verse. God had intended in verse 6 to destroy man who he created from the earth, but then there is a caveat in verse 8. He said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody here today that's still thankful that you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, I got just a couple of you. I said, is there anybody here today? You still thank God that when you were jacked up, messed up, struggling, you found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Come on now. I'm gonna tell you today as your apostle that I'm here as a product of God's grace. I'm not here because I deserve to be here. I'm here because of grace. Anybody else? So God instructed Noah here to build an ark, but he gave very specific instructions. He gave the dimensions of the ark, but not only the dimensions, he gave the material that he was to use. The Lord said, I want you to use gopher wood now, gopher wood was a very hard and durable wood, but it becomes very powerful when you define the word gopher in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language. It's linked to the word brimstone. And if you know anything about brimstone in the Bible, it was, it was fire and brimstone that fell down in Sodom. It's brimstone and fire that's in hell right now. So it points to God's judgment. It points to God dealing with his people. It, it points to that in Sodom and it points to that even in hell. It speaks of the fact though that they were instructed to use gopher wood. It shows us that even though there was judgment all around them, that God was in the business of keeping them safe. 
I don't know about you. I can understand that the world is in trouble. I know that the judgment of God must come in some ways to planet Earth, but I am thankful today that I am in the ark of safety, that in the name of Jesus, I'm covered with the blood, and I am going to be all right. So don't miss this. Don't forget now. Noah was instructed to bring seven each of the clean animals. And these seven were to be used for sacrifice. These animals and their blood was to provide atonement for Noah and his family. So the first thing I want to show you today is this. The blood was on the ark. Before the storm ever struck, before the clouds ever gathered, before judgment ever fell, before the flood ever came, they already had the blood and the atonement in place. It was available even before it was accessed. Oh, aren't you glad that the blood of Jesus is always available? Even before you messed up, even before you sinned, even before the enemy came against you, even before you needed it, the blood was already accessible and available. I'm glad to know that in the name of Jesus, there is not an issue, there is not a problem, there is not a sin, there is not a compromise, there is not an iniquity. There is nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot take care of. And he set my redemption in place even before I needed it. Hallelujah. Now look at the 14th verse. We're learning now. Genesis 6.14 says, cover. Somebody say cover. Cover the inside and the outside of the ark with pitch. Now that may not sound like anything too much. Until you understand the Hebrew word for pitch in Genesis 6.14 is translated atonement in Leviticus 17.11. He said, I want you to pitch that ark within and without with the atonement. The atonement represents the blood. The atonement means to atone for, to cover, to seal off, to protect, to be merciful. And the Lord said, I want you to atone that ark. I want you to pitch it. I want you to put atonement all over that ark. I, I've got news for you today. The atonement for man still requires the blood of Jesus Christ. I said, we are not sealed by our denominations. We are not sealed by our wisdom. We are not sealed by our skills, our abilities, but we are sealed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, you would have sunk a long time ago had you not been sealed with the blood of Jesus. I need somebody right now who knows that within and without and all around, you've been sealed by the blood. Give him praise right now. I've got a news flash for you. You won't float without the blood. There's not a better message than the blood. There's not another message, young preacher, that's more necessary than the blood. And I want to tell you, no matter how good you preach or how gifted you are, you ain't getting anywhere without the blood. 
Now, I know that I am taking it way back, but I've come to tell you that there is still a church that will rise up and say we need the blood of Jesus and we need the redemption of the cross. Are there any blood people in the house today? Mm. I said, are there any blood people in the room today? I'm going to tell you something. I'm a blood preacher. I will always be a blood preacher. I'm not modifying my message. I'm not changing my doctrine. I'm not watering down the word in an attempt to pacify a corrupt culture. But I'm standing before you today and I'm saying what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm still saying, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I'm still preaching the blood. I'm a blood preacher. You say, Apostle, why are you a blood preacher? Because our generation needs atonement, forgiveness, covering, and protection, and we do not have it without the blood. Come on now. Some of y'all saying, old apostle, you, you're going off, off in the deep end now. Why you got to be off on the deep end preaching all this blood stuff? Oh, apostle, don't go off on the deep end. You don't need to teach this blood stuff. Funny thing about it, y'all, is we don't worry about the shallow end. We let everybody in the shallow end, but we're going to guard that deep end. We gonna, we gonna, no, you can't, don't get in the deep end. Let me tell you, the world needs a church that is willing to dive into the deep end. I said the world needs a church that's willing to dive into the deep end. Stop protecting the shallow end. The deep end is where miracles are. The deep end is where breakthrough is. The deep end is where revival is. The deep, I want to get in the deep end. Is there anybody that wants to get in the deep end? I, I don't need, yeah. If you are really preaching the gospel, at some point you're going to have to take people into the deep end. The deep end is where the church needs to go. The Bible said in Daniel 2.22 that God reveals deep and secret things. So I want all the people who want to go deeper, just make a little noise right now. Come on. Now, we're talking about the blood. And we cannot afford to silence that message of redemption. We cannot afford to be quiet about the blood. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things. Somebody say better things. Better things than that of Abel. I want to tell you today that the blood is still talking. And it's speaking better things than that of Abel. Cain had been murdered by Abel, and the Bible says uh, that, that, that Cain had murdered Abel. And the Bible actually, actually <laughs> Cain had been murdered by Abel, like I said the first time. Come on, y'all. And the Bible said in Genesis 4.10, it said, Abel, your brother's blood cries up from the ground. The blood uh, of Cain began to cry out from the ground. And Cain's blood 
was crying for vengeance. It said, he did me wrong, do him wrong. He murdered me, murder him. He was unfair to me, be unfair to him. But the Bible said in Hebrews 12 to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. I've got a news flash for you. The blood of Abel said, or the blood of Cain said revenge, but the blood of Jesus is shouting better things. The blood of Jesus is saying and declaring salvation. The blood of Jesus is speaking healing. It's speaking deliverance. It's speaking protection. The blood of Jesus is speaking prosperity. The blood of Jesus is speaking joy and peace and victory and power. And breakthrough. The devil doesn't want you to know it, but the blood is talking right now. Y'all, I said the blood is talking right now. I said the blood is talking right now. Even if some preachers stop talking about the blood, know this, the blood never stops talking. I don't know who I'm talking to, but by the Holy Spirit, the blood is talking about your children. The blood is speaking over sickness right now. The blood is speaking over issues right now. The blood is speaking over America right now. The blood is speaking over addictions and problems and attacks and the past. The blood is talking to the devil right now. Tell, tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, hey, if I was you, I would shut my mouth and let the blood do the talking. How many of you are ready to let the blood speak? I want to let every demonic attack know that there is still power in the blood of Jesus Christ, that the blood is still speaking. I declare blood, talk to me. Talk to me about my family. Talk to me, blood. Talk to our nation. I'm ready to hear what the blood has to say. There's so many now that preachers that they won't talk about the blood but I'm not gonna be that preacher. Come on now. We are desperate for the blood. Now, Noah number one, he had the blood, but he didn't stop at the blood. Oh, Jesus. Because the Bible said that on the ark was the dove. So the blood was on the ark and the dove was on the ark. And you know that the dove represents the Holy Spirit. Noah and his family made it through what they made it through because they held on to the blood and the dove. The blood made a way for salvation and protection, but I'm telling you, it didn't stop there. There was the realization and revelation of the dove. And I want you to understand that we must not be satisfied to stop at the blood. We need a fresh glimpse of the dove. What does the dove represent? It represents power. It represents the Holy Spirit. It represents clarity, peace, and breakthrough. We need the dove. I know that there are many, quote, Pentecostal spirit-filled preachers and, and churches that have frozen out any expression of the power of the Holy Spirit and that's what you want. You're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong man. It is the dove. It is the move of the Holy Ghost. I'm 
thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm washed in the blood. I give God praise that my life has been revolutionized by the work of the blood. But let me tell you, it did not stop at Passover. Baby, after Passover, there was Pentecost. And Pentecost represents the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. So I came looking for some people who don't want to just survive and get by and just barely be saved, but you want to step into a season of power from on high. That is a dove church. Are there any dove people in the room? I said, are there any dove people in the room today? See, Noah received his direction from the dove. <laughs> he sent forth the dove, and the dove gave direction on when it was time to come out of the ark. And I want to tell you this, precious, we need our lives to be dove-directed. Oh, come on now. We will receive our direction from somewhere. We'll receive our direction from the culture, from social media, from news outlets, from political agendas. I told y'all last week, listen, my agenda is not the donkey or the elephant. I have the agenda of the dove. Come on, somebody. We will, relieve, we, we will receive our direction from relationships, wrong personal motives, our sinful desires. But in this crazy world, we need the supernatural direction of the dove. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you today, much of the church at large in the earth has ceased to be dove-directed. And when the church is not dove-directed, the people suffer. If you come to a church and it's not led by the Holy Spirit, the people are suffering. Very often you have false teachers who have risen up and they are raising up carnal Christians because they refuse to stand and be led by the Holy Spirit. But there is a generation that is arising that says, preach to me under the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Uh, let me tell you, let me tell you something today that a carnal Christian is relying on a false preacher because that false preacher will stand up and scratch his ears and tell him what he wants to hear. But when you get a download from the dove, you'll stand up and you'll throw your shoulders back and you'll deliver what the dove says. This is the direction. People suffer when their leaders are not dove-directed, when they're money-directed, are denominationally-directed. Y'all don't, don't make me preach. And here's the problem. When the church is not dove-directed, it continually sends out mixed signals. When the leadership in the church speaks of the goodness of God and the love of Jesus, they're doing the right thing they should. And this is wonderful. And as leaders, we must speak on all the good things of God. But problems arise when leaders are so shaped by culture and social and political agendas 
that they refuse to tackle any tough issues as it relates to righteousness and justice. They ignore what does not fit into their doublest directionless ministry, only addressing what their congregants want to hear. They won't talk about the poor, the unborn, the widows, the orphan, racism, inequality, gender confusion, or homosexuality because now they are so afraid of people. But I'm telling you, I'm not afraid of any of you. Hallelujah. I've been doing this too long now. I said, I've been at this too long to be scared of people. I'm telling you, I worry for preachers who only address the parts of the Bible that make them popular. God never called us to be popular in the world. He called us to be overcomers of this world. Listen to me, preacher. Stop cherry picking the parts of the Bible that soothe itching ears and stop sending mixed signals because I want you to mark this down. A mixed signal is a signal. I said a mixed signal is a signal. Well, here I am. I'm just going to go all the way in. You know why the nation is mixed up? The nation is mixed up because the church is mixed up. You know why the church is mixed up? The church is mixed up because leadership is mixed up. In a world full of agendas and compromises, we need some men of God and women of God that will stand again and say, I'm preaching under the direction of the dove. Stop mixing the message. I said, stop mixing the message. Bring it as it is. If you're hearing me, give the Lord a praise right now. The nation is mixed up because the church is mixed up. And the church is mixed up and I put it square on the shoulders of the preachers. We've already established that in a stormy, Satan-saturated society, the church that is not dove-directed is destined for destruction. But I feel a shift in the atmosphere. I said, I feel a shift in the atmosphere. I feel in my heart that God is raising up dove-hungry leaders to lead dove-hungry churches. And I say this without apology. I am hungry for the dove, and this is a dove-hungry church. Tell everybody around you, say, this is a dove-hungry church. We are done with sidewalking and low living. We are done with going through the motions. We are done with coddling a society that's trying to overwhelm this generation. We are rising up preaching the blood of Jesus Christ and declaring that there is power that comes from on high. We are a dove. I want the dove hungry church to give God some praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Pentecost. I need the Holy Ghost so I can walk right. I need the Holy Ghost so I can talk right. I need the Holy Ghost so I don't lose my way. I need the Holy Ghost so I don't lose my mind. I need him. 
If you need him, give him praise right now. And I want that dove that directs the church to direct me personally. That means that I give the dove open access to my life. Somebody say, deal with me, dove. Yeah, convict us, dove. Yeah, convict us. Deal with us about our attitudes, our family, our behavior, our beliefs. Something else I want you to understand about the dove. Remember, he had the blood, right, on the ark. How many of you could say you haven't sunk? And part of the reason is because of the blood. Come on. He had the dove. But understand something about this dove in Mosaic Law. The dove in Mosaic Law represented accessibility to the Jewish sacrificial system for everyone. For those who could not afford the more expensive offering, such as a spotless lamb, they could easily purchase a turtle dove. Didn't matter about the wealth or their status, everyone had access to the dove. Oh, my, my, my. Tell everybody, I say everybody. Everybody had access to the dove, and it was that way in Bible days, and it's that way today. The dove is available for everybody. If you remember in all four Gospels, Jesus was so infuriated with the money changers for taking advantage of the poor and in part overcharging them for the ritual sacrifices and like the dove. He was so upset about it then. And here's what you've got to know. There is nothing about the dove that is devoted to some and distance from others. On the contrary, the dove is available to all. Black, white, red, yellow, rich, poor, young, old, struggling, and strong. The dove is available to all. That's why I don't want to go to a church where everybody looks like me, where they think like me. I'm thankful that the dove is available to all, all ages, all races, all social and financial sectors. Listen, it's, he's available to all. And we have to be careful for preachers who are merchandising the message. Y'all, I'm in it today, so I just want to go all the way through. I, I'm tired of people who are merchandising the message. Jesus got upset and turned things over when there were people there who were merchandising his work. And I'm telling you, it's time. We've got these prophets, these pseudo-prophets, these people who call themselves prophets, and they're trying to sell their prophecy. Some of y'all don't know this, but it is rampant in so many circles where they say, you know, I'll prophesy over you for $500. I'll, I'll pro get in here. This is the $200 line. This is the $300 line. Reverend Ike, you remember him? My granny used to read the National Enquirer. Oh, y'all, they stated myself. Some of y'all don't even know what that is. My granny always had it at her house. 
and there was an article every time there was an ad in there from Reverend Ike. He said, send me $100, and I'll send you a shower cap with my handprint on it, and when you get in the shower, the power of God will come on you. I thought, I, can't, I could never get that because I know how I am. If the power of God came on me in the shower, I would fall right out, bust my head wide open. We got, we got prophets now. They'll, they'll, they'll prophesy for money. They prophesy. Come on. They're prophesying for money. They set up the $500 line, the $300 line, the $200 line, the $100 line. Some of y'all say, well, I've been to a meeting like that. I got in the $100 line. Let me tell you something. If you paid $100 to get prophesied over you, you got ripped off. I would have prophesied over you and your whole family for $19.95. Come on, somebody. What I'm trying to tell you is that the real men of God are not for sale. The real prophets of God, the real women of God are not merchandising the message. I wonder if there's anybody here who want to hear from the real leaders in this day. This church is not going to be bought or sold long as I'm here. And I'm not going to be bought or sold in the name of Jesus. We were talking about that today on the way to church. I want to finish having not sold out huh, to anybody's agenda. Now, Noah is wrestling with the confinement of the ark. He was on there a lot longer with his family and all them animals. <laughs> A lot longer than 40 days and 40 nights. And he was confined. It was narrow. He wanted out. So he sent forth the dove. And the dove gave him access to a whole new world. Some of y'all don't even know. That the dove, when you get the Holy Spirit working in your life, he'll give you access to a whole new world. Anybody ready for a whole new world? A world with revival in it. A world with miracles in it. A world with wonders in it. If you're ready for a whole new world, give God a praise in here right now. So, Noah had the blood on the ark, then he had the dove. How many of y'all want the blood and the dove in your life? But the third thing I want you to understand is that Noah had the name. Is there anybody here who is thankful for the name of Jesus? Oh, I'm asking the people in the overflow. I'm asking the people in stadium seating. I, I want everybody who's thankful for the name. Give the name of Jesus a little bit of praise right now. <laughs> oh, my Lord, I'm about to take my shoes off and just have myself a time. Hallelujah. Because I know I've got the blood, and I know I've got the dove, but I'm thankful that I got the name. Mm. Now, now, don't miss this. I'm going somewhere. Noah had his entire family on the ark, 
including Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. Now, we have already established that Shem means name, and this is powerful because this is linked to what Jewish people call Jehovah or Yahweh today. The Jews won't even say the name Yahweh because they believe his name is too holy to even utter out of their mouths. In fact, they won't even spell the name Yahweh properly. They leave out the vowels and spell the name Yahweh, Y-H-W-Y. So they don't call him Jehovah. They don't call him Yahweh. They call him Hashem. Ha, meaning the, and Shem, meaning name. They call the Lord the name. And I want you to understand that Shem was on the ark. Not only did Noah and his family have the blood, not only did they have the dove, they had Hashem. Anybody glad you've got Hashem? Oh, y'all better help me. I said, anybody glad that you've got Hashem? If you're glad you've got a Hashem, make a little noise right now. I've got the name. I, I'm making it because I got the name. No weapon formed against me will prosper because I've got the name. Thank God for Hashem. Thank God for the name. Now, in Genesis 9, we read where Ham horridly horribly dishonored his father. And as I said, I'm too embarrassed to even share the implications. But Shem and Japheth covered their father and would not even look at him. And the Bible said that Noah woke up and pronounced this curse over Ham because he knew what had happened to him. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem and may Canaan, the direct descendants of Ham, be subservient and submitted to Shem forever. This is powerful when you define the name Ham. Ham's name means warm, hot. It means governed by passions. It literally means the flesh. The etymology of the word yeah, means to be influenced and controlled by the flesh. But don't miss what the Bible said. It said Ham will always be subject to Shem. The flesh will always be subject to Hashim. Y'all, the flesh will always be subject to the name. Why do you think that the devil hates the name of Jesus so very much? Because the flesh is subject to the name. I dare somebody who's thankful that the flesh is subject to the name, give God a praise. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, hey neighbor, the flesh is subject to the name. That addiction is subject to the name. That depression is subject to the name. 
that cancer is subject to the name. That rebellion is subject to the name. That divorce is subject to the name. You say, preacher, I don't believe it. Well, read your Bible. Because Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him Hashim. The name Hashim. The name Hashim. The name Hashim. That is above every other name that at the name. Y'all don't make me come down there. I'm about to lose myself. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. That at the name Hashim of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every knee shall bow under the earth, upon the earth, and above the earth. Hashim. I need somebody to shout Hashim. Everything is subject to Hashim. Get your neighbor by the hand if you ain't afraid and say, hey neighbor, say you can be cute if you want to, but I gotta give Hashim a little bit of praise right now. Hallelujah, I gotta give Hashim a little bit of praise right now. Y'all, you ought to open up your mouth and begin to praise the name of Hashim. Everything is subject to Hashim. He said he's given him a name that is above every name. If it's got a name, it's subject to Hashim. I said if it's got a name, it's subject to the name. Cancer has a name. Hashim is greater. Confusion has a name. Hashim is greater. Sickness has a name. Hashim is greater. Anxiety has a name. Hashim is higher. Addiction has a name. Hashim is higher. Rebellion has a name. Hashim is higher. Sexual bondage has a name. Hashim is higher. Divorce has a name. Hashim is higher. Division has a name. Hashim is higher. Demons and devils have a name. Hashim is higher. One, two, three. Bless the name of Hashim. My God, my God, my God, my God. I can't help it. Somebody stop right now and bless that wonderful name of Hashim. Everybody jump on your feet and give Hashim a little bit of praise. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Hashim. Somebody shout Hashim. You know what the Bible says in Psalms 113? It said, Blessed be the name Hashim of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, 
Hashim, the name of the Lord, shall be praised. Hallelujah. It says praise the name of Hashim. The word praise there in the Greek or the Hebrew, it means a radical praise. It means a rowdy praise. It means an out there praise. It means not a cute praise, not a quiet praise, but a rowdy praise. I need somebody right now, if you're not ashamed, to praise the name of Hashim. Bless that name till he saves your children. Bless that name till he sends revival. Bless that name until he turns everything around. Bless that name till the door opens up. Bless that name till the lost, till the lost repent. Bless that name. One, two, three, give God a show. Y'all, I gotta finish, but look at somebody next to you and say, hey neighbor, say, I know he's trying to close, but I need about 30 seconds to give the name of Jesus all the praise in my life. Come on, what does that name mean to you? What does that name mean to you? Thank God for the name. I said, thank God for the name. Hashim. 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 I pray every attack that comes against you this week, you'll just look at it and say, Hashim. Hashim. When the enemy tries to come against you and act great, just say, Hashim. When your children are acting the fool, just look at them and say, point at them right in the head and say, Hashim. Come on now. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to Hashim. Give them a, a name that is high above every name. Every knee will bow. On the earth, above the earth, and beneath the earth. You know what the implication there is? On that day, everybody will bow. Come on, somebody. All the Trumps, all the Bidens, and all the Bushes. Can I get a witness? All of them. I said all of them. I said every one of them. Michael Jackson's going to bow. Elvis is going to bow. Y'all, I know Elvis just, he's going to bow. Come on now. Every child molester's going to bow. Every atheist is going to bow. Every thief and murderer and liar and deceiver is going to bow. But it said every knee will bow to Hashem. Every knee will bow to Hashem. Every knee. On the earth, above the earth, and beneath the earth. I don't know about you, but I hope I have a good seat. When that lion, no good, deceiving, ugly, dirty, devil, walks into the presence of Hashim and puts his face on the ground and said, you are the king and you are the Lord and you are the lion of the tribe of Judah and you are undefeatable and you are unstoppable. You know why? Because all flesh is subject to Hashim. Ham has to bow before Shem. 
Oh, somebody give the Lord a praise here today. We've only made it today. Stand everybody. Come on out, team. We've only made it this far. Because like Noah, we've had the blood, the dove, and the name. People have failed to understand that without the blood and the dove and Hashem, we would have sunk a long time ago. The storm would have took me out. The betrayal would have been too complete. It would have done me in. I couldn't have recovered from the abuse. My marriage wouldn't have survived. The wound would have been too prolific. The divorce would have been too devastating. The failure would have been too debilitating. But I'm standing today like many of you. And whatever I have been through, I only made it because of the blood, the dove, and the name. I guess my question to you today is this. Do you have the blood on board? Do you have the dove on board? Are you traveling with the name? Church in America, listen to me, thousands of you pastors across the nation, watch us. Preacher, you still need the blood. You still need the dove. And you still need the name. That's where your success will be found. In holding tight to truth and reality that will change people's lives. When Noah held the blood, the dove, and the name, when he came off the ark, the Lord spoke to him and said, Noah, I'm about to change your vocation. He said, you're going to be a husbandman. He said, I'm going to make you a farmer. He said, but you're going to be good at it. He said, I'm going to do a new thing in you. And I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be good at it. I'm telling you, if we'll hold to the blood, the dove, and the name, God will do a new thing for us. Hallelujah. Somebody's about to step into a new season, and it's going to be a good one in Jesus' name. Is there anybody today who loves that name, Hashim? Before I move to these altars, I don't want anybody to leave. Do that for me, please. Be just sensitive. Unless you're going back to work or you're serving, we're going to give people in a moment an opportunity to come into the kingdom in a mighty way. And there's nothing more important than that moment. But if you love the name of Jesus, can we take just a moment and slip up our hands? You at home do the same. Sing, honey.
us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.